0: Good morning, welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. We're brought to you as always by the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is. Call him, make an appointment today. He's been my dentist. I have not gone to another dentist the last 27 years. Dr. Mike O'Neill, he's the guy, 317-849-2933. I wanna talk about Indiana basketball, their coaching search. I want to talk about the Colts. They signed a, a, an offensive tackle. That's a good thing. I want to talk about the Pacers. I want to talk about the NCAA tournament, which has been most unkind to the Big Ten. Let's talk about the IU uh, coaching search and remind you to hit subscribe, like, and ring the bell if you don't mind. And comment if you like. I like comments. Got some comments uh, about the IU basketball search that are frankly troubling. Because what the comments reflect And they're written by people who seem to have have some logic in their heads. But they're making all the wrong assumptions. Uh, The assumption that a lot of people are making is that Indiana's got to hire a proven coach. they got to hire a coach that has shown a track record of winning. You have to go to a program and hire from without and go get a coach to bring to Indiana who has won somewhere else. And has shown himself to be a fit somewhere else. That is the exact line of thinking that has led Indiana to hire Kelvin Sampson, Tom Crean, and Archie Miller. All three of the, the last three coaches have all been hired in that way. The most successful of the last four coaches at Indiana, all those who have followed Bob Knight was Mike Davis, who was completely ill-equipped at that point, according to him for the position. They hired him. He was an assistant at Indiana who, who had really no idea what he was doing. But you know what? Over the six years that he was head coach at Indiana, they did some interesting things. Let's go back through those three other coaches. Kelvin Sampson had a guy come at me last night in, in a comment saying that Kelvin Sampson was the best of the replacements, uh, let's not call them replacements, but of the hires at Indiana over the last 20 years. That's preposterous. Kelvin Sampson cheated his ass off, put the program in harm's way, received a five-year show cause order from the NCAA for doing that because it wasn't his first rodeo, And he set the program back years and years and years and years. If you look at him and evaluate Kelvin Sampson through his one loss record, you're you're not processing information correctly. And that's the kindest way I can put it. So Kelvin Sampson has to go. For a brief, beautiful window of time, Dan Dockich is the interim coach and logic reigns at Indiana and people are held accountable. And it was wonderful. But boom, he's got to go. Why? I don't know. They hired Tom Crean, who does a terrific job, brings energy to the job. The first four years he had the job, really, really good. Built relationships, went to work immediately at building relationships with the AAU coaches, high school coaches, wound up recruiting Indiana at a high level. Got guys like you know, Cody Zeller and, and Yogi and Jordan Hulls and Derek Elston, a lot of good Indiana guys coming to Indiana, built a winner around those guys kind of spiced the roster with guys like Victor Oladipo and uh, and Will Sheehy and others. Good times. And then the energy that Tom Crean employed to help rebuild Indiana actually turned against him. And it alienated people within the state to the point where he could no longer recruit the state. Because of that, the well of talent for Indiana dried up. Purdue was able to assert itself from a recruiting standpoint and take in state guys that likely should have gone to Indiana. Anyway, Tom Cream's got to go, and you hire Archie Miller. And we know what happened with Archie Miller four years of abject mediocrity, despite the fact that Archie Miller really did bring back Indiana for in state kids. Three Mr. Basketballs in a row pledged Indiana. The roster restocked with Indiana guys, which is important in Indiana for this reason. If you can't recruit Indiana, how in the world are you going to recruit the other 49 states? So we're down this road again. Who do you hire? Well, we've got to hire a proven coach. We've got to bring in Porter Mosier or Chris Beard. Look, I love Porter Mosier. He's done a wonderful job at Loyola of Chicago. He fits Loyola of Chicago. He is great at Loyola of Chicago. He should stay at Loyola of Chicago. Same thing with Chris Beard. Done a wonderful job of building that program in Lubbock, Texas. Terrific. Fits what Texas Tech needs. That doesn't mean that you can take him from Lubbock, plop him into Bloomington, and get the same results. That's not the way it works. If we have learned anything over the last 15 years, we have learned that that is not the way it works. That's why I would like Dane Fife to be the next head coach At Indiana. I would like Indiana to find a coach before he becomes a fit somewhere else, go get that guy, put him in Bloomington, and have him succeed, give him the resources he needs to succeed. Why is it inconceivable for Indiana University to go get a guy with an Indiana pedigree who knows Bloomington, knows Indiana, has built relationships within the state of Indiana from a recruiting standpoint and in other ways, hire him and let him do his job. That's Dame Five. That's a, a, a Brad Stevens in 2007, right? Todd Licklider goes to Iowa. They're like, hey, we got Brad Stevens. Let's, let's elevate him, Barry Collier says. What happens? Brad Stevens becomes Brad Stevens. He fit at Butler. Boston says, we love the guy. They hire him. Brad worked his ass off to recruit to Butler before he got the head coaching job. Dame Fife has done the same thing. has built relationships all over the state. He and Michigan State are wonderful at uh, attracting exports from Indiana to their program. He's terrific at that. He is a friendly guy, a nice guy. He's got the best interest of the of the kids at heart, he would win at Indiana. But Indiana fans, they want somebody with a resume. Again! What are you talking about? And people who want to defend Calvin Sampson, I'm sorry. I-, I have no time for you. I, I just can't do it. I- nothing against Calvin Sampson. He's achieving wonderful things at Houston. That's terrific. But if you're going to come with this, Calvin Sampson was the best of the coaches since Bob Knight. You're, you're just, frankly, delusional, and, and I can't deal with that. I, I just can't. My life is too short to educate the delusional. All right, let's talk about the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament, down to one. Thank God Michigan, Michigan beat LSU yesterday. Maryland lost, Iowa lost, it's all gone. But Michigan, nine teams in the NCAA tournament, two number one seeds, and number two also, and how many to the Sweet 16? One. One. (laughs) What? How's that even possible? The Big Ten, they're a wonderful basketball. You can't look at NCAA success or failure and say, you know what, it's a conference-wide problem. You just can't. Now, you can look at 21 years since Michigan State won a title for the Big Ten. You can look at that and say, "Eh, geez, it's been a while. Things happen in the NCAA tournament. And, and what I think happened is the Big Ten plays a style of play. They play differently than anybody else in the country. And it works in the regular season. And in a one and done, it doesn't work so well. And that's the way it is. I thought that Loyola played a great game, great game playing So Rick Majeris like for Porter Mosier in beating Illinois. Uh, Ohio State had no answers yesterday. Iowa allowing 95 points to be scored against them. What is going on? You look just down the list at all the Big Ten teams, and you say, what, what are we doing as a conference? The Pac-12, I think they're undefeated. Are they 9-0 in this thing? <laughs> that's unbelievable. Or 10-0, whatever they are, that's unbelievable. USC playing. Who hey, Who knows? You know what? That's the wonder of the NCAA tournament. Anyway, the Big Ten's kind of got a problem, at least from an imaging standpoint, because th- this has not been a good run for the Big Ten, not at all. Uh, Pacers, they lost huge last night to the Bucs. Pacers, without Malcolm Brogdon, without Miles Turner, obviously without TJ Warren. But the Bucs, they were without Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Bucks they find a way to win 140 to 113. Pacers, they get beat. Pacers... You know what? you got to have guys to be able to win. And Nate Bjorkman just hadn't had guys at this point. And, and to be fair to Nate McMillan, I think you got to start looking at Nate Bjorkman and, and kind of discern whether this is a coaching issue or whether this is just a talent issue uh, with Nate Bjorkman. Uh I think to this point, it, it has been health. You know, you didn't have Victor Oladipo all the way healthy. You dealt him for Karis LeVert. They find a growth on his kidney. He has to have it removed. And, you know, so you don't have LeVert. You don't have Oladipo. You don't have TJ Warren the entire season. Jeremy Lamb, you've gotten back. Last night, you didn't have Brogdon. You didn't have Turner. That's pretty damn important. That's a lot of talent missing for the Indiana Pacers. So they lose and and hopefully they get things going. The Colts, good signing yesterday. Sam Tevy, who is an offensive tackle for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, almost said San Diego, for the Chargers, drafted in 2017 as a sixth rounder. He's started for the Chargers quite a bit, but he's a guy who plugs and plays as a backup tackle at left and right. They needed that. That's a good thing. An ambidextrous tackle they needed that they can plug and play behind whomever is going to be the starter at left tackle and Braden Smith at right tackle. Good for your Indianapolis Colts. That's a good signing. It's one of those under the radar signings that could win the Colts a game or two in 2021. That's what Chris Ballard does during free agency. He finds those guys that he can sign at an affordable level, to plug and play in areas that make sense. So he's not Trent Williams, right? He's not that, but that's not the way the Colts want to go about filling that left tackle spot. They want to do it through the draft. Jim Irsay, God bless him, told us that last week in his uh, media availability. And so they need a backup for left and right, because they didn't have one, let's face it, um, Raven Clark is not going to be back. And so they've got the guy who can plug and play at either spot and do a respectable job, still young, good for the Indianapolis Colts. They've got to do the same thing. They've got to, hopefully they're, they're able to re-sign T.Y. Hilton and then go get some kind of other offensive weapon. Jim Ursay also told us that. Jim Ursay will tell us stuff because nobody's going to yell at Jim Ursay. Right. If Chris Ballard tells us stuff and, and it's too much stuff, then Jim Irsay is going to say, Chris, what are you doing? Why are you why are you pulling your pants down and showing your all together to the media? What is going on with this? When Jim Irsay says, yeah, we need a weapon. And, and really, the thing that kind of propelled us 15 years ago was drafting Dallas Clark needed Dallas Clark. When we got Dallas Clark, all of a sudden everything clicked. So what's that tell us? He's looking for a tight end. That's what it tells us. Chris Ballard's not going to tell us that. But Jim Ursay's going to tell us that. And Chris Ballard isn't going to say, Jim, shut up. There's no accountability for what Jim Ursay does and what he says, which is a beautiful thing because he tells us things. Let's uh, (laughs) celebrate some birthdays, shall we? On this Tuesday, I don't know, it's still dark. We don't know what the weather is. Uh, John Crichton. Happy birthday. Eric Kilmark, happy birthday. The great Teddy Cohn from Camp Menominee celebrating a birthday. Cindy Watson, Tim Fendel, happy birthday. The great Lisa Velasquez, enjoyed working with Lisa back in the day. Jason King, Barbara Kleeman, uh, Ryan Pewitt, happy birthday. And uh, Scott Mescal, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment today. Inside Indiana Sports now. You know, we didn't mention the, the rumor about Thad Mata uh, as the next head coach for Indiana basketball that there was a deal in place and because he failed a physical, it's not gonna it, it's not gonna happen. People, here's what happens in this day and age of journalism. Journalism. You've got people with no training in journalism whatsoever who have access to social media and a bunch of followers who just say things. No truth. No no hint of truth. They just say stuff that really can't be necessarily refuted. Everybody knows that Scott Dolson is not going to come out and say this isn't true. He's not going to come out and deny a bunch of stuff, right? He said the next time we hear from him is going to be when they introduce a coach. I take him at his word. So you've kind of got free reign to say whatever the hell you want. And that's what somebody did. That's the way it goes. Thad Mata. Watched the game yesterday as uh, one of his protégés, the head coach at Ohio, uh, was beaten in the NCAA. you got to be able to make shots. Ohio couldn't make shots yesterday, so they go home. Anyway, there's no truth to that rumor. People who are plugged in at Indiana, like me, we know there's no truth to that rumor. That's the way it is. We'll talk about stuff this afternoon. Maybe we hear something, maybe we don't, about Indiana. Maybe we hear something about the Colts, maybe we don't. We're going to find out. We'll all find out together, right? And as soon as I find out, you'll find out.